0: Hello and welcome to Studio Sessions, the Big Red and Shiny podcast where we talk with artists about the ideas, inspiration, and processes that go into their work. I'm your host, Matt Kuhlman, and this episode I'll be speaking with Jessica Baroski. Jessica earned her B.A. in Visual and Performance Art from the New College of Florida in 2009. Jessica places her body at the center of her work creating pieces that explore and test the limits of her flesh and bone. Some of her earlier pieces involved a lot of physical endurance, such as a piece where she holds a shoulder-stand yoga pose for as long as she possibly can, or a performance in which she twists and torts her body around and through a plank of wood with a small hole cut in it. In one of her most recent works, she creates a performance piece involving a satirical critique of the posture grid, a device meant to normalize one's body and posture by identifying flaws and aberrations. Join me as Jessica discusses how her performances have evolved throughout the years, and the ideas contained within each piece she does. Hey, hi Jessica, how are you doing?
1: Good, good. How are you?
0: Thanks, good to be here. Um... So, we're here to talk about some of your work, and one of the first pieces that I have written down is leg video that has six simultaneous views oh of your legs all doing different things. You said, "Oh God, so is that an old piece yeah, okay. yeah, so you i what's well, a good you, place to start though you
1: looked at you looked at YouTube,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yes, yes, most of my new stuff is on Vimeo now um, it
0: was linked from your site, so it was that's okay somewhere. that's
1: that's right, yeah yeah, yeah. okay, um, <laughs> yeah, it's still in there um. So that was when I was sort of exploring uh, this whole thing that I was calling like voyeuristic exhibitionism. So how could I um, make work that allowed the viewer to feel like a voyeur onto my sort of intimate space, but always with the understanding that you were seeing this or understanding this via my own my own body and my own like mediation of that experience. Mm-hmm. So that's where the sort of the exhibitionism comes in. Um so that's that's what that was and that was um that was when I was actually making work where I wasn't talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so there's a long time where I wasn't speaking in my work and so that was a piece that I was trying to do that but
0: yeah, with the body. I looked at like a small segment of it and um From what I remember, it's just different views of your legs. And it doesn't, like, repeat, does it? Or, like, what exactly was the piece in its entirety? Because I didn't take it all in.
1: Right, right. Um, It's supposed to be on loop. um, Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, they all have a... What it is is I had set up different um, sort of uh, objectives for each video. And so they're all sort of... um, playing simultaneously so it's not the, the video is not meant to be seen as like it's like one to two to three to four but rather simultaneously on one screen so you're just mm-hmm. sort of seeing a different kind of um i would say narrative structure with that video um then how one would normally view all these like clips together mm-hmm. um one after the other rather than in one frame
0: uh, did you have a specific objective in each view that you were doing, or was it just kind of, like, random?
1: I did, though now I forget what some of the objectives were. Mm-hmm. I did that video, like, in 2008, so okay. it's, yeah, it's <laughs> been a while.
0: So you said so it's a little bit older piece for you. Were you doing, like, body-based work before that?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's the time that I was doing, doing body-based work. Were you, work. like, just starting that? Yeah, yeah, okay. 2007, 2008.
0: Okay. What um, were you doing before that?
1: Before, I had been actually in school to study, um, like, dramatological studies. So, um, where in which I would unpack, um, within literary theater or, or directing, um, where I'd unpack sort of symbolic what-have-you. Um, and I was on that track to, to writing about plays or pre- specific productions. And then I got into directing, and, and then I found art and it made sense how to unpack visual text and so Mm -hmm. then I started going more and more into the realms of experimental theater or dance or or art and still maintaining sort of a performance structure and Mm -hmm. but yeah going from it in that way
0: so you you never started from like a traditional two-dimensional art background you started were you primarily a theater focus or did you also have an art um, Focus aside I that. think
1: I've always been an artist yeah. <laughs> but which means to say that like doing something like theater with like I don't know like my personality could be difficult um, mm-hmm. and so when I discovered the potential for um, when I discovered the potential within the contemporary art realm it felt more like home to me mm-hmm. um, than necessarily that space but um, but yeah I had, I had done a lot of literary theater prior to that
0: mm. And uh, was it just the your theater experience that kind of sparked your interest in doing performance and body-based work? Because from what I saw on your site, like, all of your work involves, like, you're performing with your body. Yeah, in some
1: way, yeah. So. Yeah, it, well, in certain ways, it's sort of like, it helped me understand, you know, what I don't do. Um, so, you know, for example, in all of my work, I it's all me so i come up with the structure i um do the lighting i do the camera there's no one present when i film these things i edit like i do everything there Whereas, like something like theater you sort of have you might have um the playwright writes the text and that is then looked at by a team and then it takes so many people to make a production that um i began to understand what i'm doing is is a a bit different than that um, and it it definitely helped me yeah figure out what I'm doing in contrast to um, and I'd say experimental theater certainly does do that and, and, and goes there but um, traditionally speaking especially the images that I was creating and how I was thinking about them was relating more and more to um, an, art, an art historical canon than say a, a theatrical one
0: mm-hmm. and in general, would you say that you prefer doing things live or video? Because there's kind of, like, the difference between the two, how they're presented and things. And the one we talked about before, like, video, it's obviously video, but I also saw some documentation of live works. So which mm-hmm. do, which do you do more often, I guess, first?
1: It depends on the content. So uh-huh. um, there are certain videos that I have, or there are certain performances that I have done videos for and, you know, vice versa, but it depends on the content because what I'm able to articulate... Um, with uh, with a camera is sometimes a bit more intimate than what I'm able to articulate in front of other people in a um, unmediated live context. Mm-hmm. Um, so that becomes important to me in terms of what I'm what I'm trying to accomplish or or do. Um, and and the other thing has to do with uh, viewpoint. So if I'm doing something live, I'm to understand that anyone can sort of look at me and my my work at any. Sort of viewpoint, whereas you know, by choosing something very specific to the camera, I'm I'm really um, navigating that experience in in a more uh, pinpointed way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's 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 based through that
0: for sure. Hearing you talk about that makes me recall. The piece you did where you were in the shower in front of a lot of people. That was my first and,
1: performance art piece. Okay. That was my first performance
0: piece. Yeah, because you say that you can show things more intimately through the camera, but I can't imagine anything more intimate than what you did live there. So. Well, I was like in
1: front of 200 people, yeah. and...
0: <laughs> you were mostly obscured from view, but people could come up and see you unobscured, right? Like,
1: that's correct. So, the way that I set it up uh, there, and and this, this again comes back to sort of where my background in, in theater comes in, which is I use a lot of, like, Brechtian modes of, of um, audience dynamics in order to, to sort of generate these um, these relationships. So, um, so yeah, the, the first viewpoint was one where you could... A, a group of people could watch me, but it was sort of flattened in this, like, silhouette sort of way. And you could, if you wanted to, see me naked. And the whole time I'm crying in the shower yeah. also, which creates another... You know, level of... Yeah, so it's basically,
0: basically people can see you through, like, a frosted shower door, basically, and you're sitting in the shower, like, crying, and... Yeah. You kind of constructed this whole thing, and the gallery setting, so it's like a booth with mm-hmm. a shower and stuff in it. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it was, you know, it was going and everything, but if you wanted to see me naked you had to go through this sort of corridor on the side. And when you did your viewpoint of me was, you know, was just sort of behind me, but what ended up happening was everyone in the audience saw you made, make that choice. And, mm-hmm. um, when I had done that, you know, a lot of people who saw it were colleagues of mine in undergrad and people were heavily chastised. The ones that decided to, to, to make that, <laughs> that transition to that viewing space. Um, and I sort of wanted to create something because I was also very interested in, like, how do I sexualize and also desexualize my body at the same time? And so I was interested in creating uh, that kind of antagonistic dynamic among the audience members. Mm. Um,
0: Did many people decide to go no. through the window? No, it was only a couple. <laughs> yeah, it was only a couple.
1: Which, the mob mentality is interesting. And, and uh, that that also happens the, the two times that I've shown it. Uh, so, you know, my show right now is up at Anthony Greeny. Mm-hmm. And when it was up the last time, we kept we keep the lights on, so viewers have to contend with the fact that they're looking, and they start looking at each other, and yeah. so again, it sort of creates this um, nervous, weird viewing space among everyone mm. in order to to see the work, and you can't hide as a viewer to to watch it.
0: Mm. And just if somebody's like crying, it's like everybody becomes kind of like alert. Emotionally, I suppose, and it'd be like if you were—if everybody's sitting in a restaurant and there's like one person sobbing at a table, it's like, right. will somebody go help her or like ask her what's wrong? Or- right, right. I mean, the
1: difference <laughs> being that you know, you, you as an audience member, you you trust somehow that the performer knows what they're doing, you know, yeah. Right. So, <laughs> so that inherent level of, of trust, which is the case, right, with a lot of performance stuff that you you build in that sense of sense so that. um, That thought comes across, but at the end of the day, you're still like, okay, Mm. this this I I trust what I'm looking at or or what I'm doing, and of course there's many, many ways to play with that Mm. trust, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think psychologically it kind of shortcuts that and Mm -hmm. still gives people that kind of jolt. Yeah, of course, "Mm -hmm." of course, yeah. And one thing that I thought when I saw it was how much of it was, like, theatrical performance and how much of it was real because, like... Can you force yourself to cry, like, on command, or, like, actually be sad enough to cry, or was it just kind of, like, making this... going through the motions, like...
1: Well, I think even if you're going through the motions, you're still producing that, correct? So, mm. I think that... I, that I, don't, was... I don't think
0: I could fake cry. <laughs> well. Yeah. I don't
1: think... But, you know, I don't... I think what's interesting... I think something that's really, really interesting, and I, and I find this to be the case with my work and people's response to it is, is this desire to separate, um, or understand a separation between real and artifice. And I think that, um, for me, you know, artifice is still, is still has real consequences. And, um, so for me, yes, I, w- I was crying. And if I cry, I am crying. I have gone through a lot of, can I say the word shit? Can yeah, I? okay, I've sure. <laughs> gone through a lot of shit in my life and and i can e i can easily tap into or recall certain headspaces and sometimes those those memories or things are ones that I can um you know call myself and other times they come out of nowhere and mm-hmm. so that kind of navigation of of memory of physical response to memory is very real for me and even Um, When I had done any kind of theater, you still sort of recall something from your own memory bank in order to conjure up what you need to, and and that's very real. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the case of of The Shower, I had done a lot of... I had to really build up into being naked in front of people and also allowing myself to be in that headspace to do that in front of an audience. Um, Mm -hmm. Which again, now, uh, I might say... Well, I mean, there was very specific reasons why it was important to do that live, but now I sort of move back and forth between performance and video, like I said, depending on its, its sort of intent or concept in how, and, and in what I can access um, for, for myself and, and you know, potentially for the viewer, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, but that, I think the, the, the theatricality, the not, the, it's, an, it's, it's an important line to constantly question. And, and, um, it's not as hard as we like to think it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a very malleable line. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess it takes a certain type of control to be able to call on emotions like that. Or relinquishing it. Yeah. Just, just for me, like, I mean, I don't cry ever really. If I get sad, I just kind of like sit there and mope or something. (laughs) You should try crying more.
1: It's very good.
0: It just doesn't. It doesn't work right (laughs) It doesn't work right It doesn't work right Okay I
1: I I I invite you To try At some point
0: It's been thoroughly Conditioned out of me by society (laughs) Mm -mm,
1: See right So then This is This is This is where You know I think um, Like I said These these things are they're good, they're good, you know <laughs> um to to kind of where I was saying like or relinquish control mm-hmm. and and to give it up a little bit
0: well in the description, you did say that that was like kind of a ritual that you did on your own, and then just decided to bring in front of an audience, so.
1: yeah, so that was um and often I think I think about that too, so like uh like the okay piece, I started realizing like how how much I use that in teaching or. You know, and then I realized like, how often that sort of okay is used and you know, how to extrapolate that in, into a space that then it abstracts it and then uh, we can put onto it a lot of other stuff. But the shower thing, yeah, I, was, you know, I go and cry in the shower and I, and I was like, no one taught me this. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one was like, well, this is what you need to do when you start getting upset. And I started realizing, cool, like, if I wasn't taught this, um, I have a feeling like other people are walking around doing this. And um, what hap- what happens if I just figure out a way to expose that um, intimate, intimate, intimate personal, you know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, inside the house, inside the bathroom, inside the shower space, um, and, and what happens when I do that? And so yes, I often think about that, you know, because whatever is going on with me is, of, of course, mine and my narrative, but it's also you. You know, like I said, I, I'm not walking around coming up with these things by myself. And, and these are, you mm-hmm. know, you not crying is not yours alone, right? These yeah. are, like you said, these are society, you know, societal conditions that sort of shaped and mold you. And other people also experience those things too. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm also interested in that as well.
0: Mm. What are some other ways that you've um, explored, like voyeurism, or kind of revealing private things in your work? Because I can think of several pieces where you don't do that, but uh, <laughs> we, we can talk to those. We could talk about those in a little bit. But.
1: Well, I think I started shifting, you know, from something uh, a little bit from the, the, you know, how do I set up a viewing space to speaking. Um, so how do I create uh, situations where in which I'm being both. Very humorous and presentational and extremely intimate at the same time, and, and collapsing those spaces together. Mm. So I would say, when one, or I've experienced at least when people have been watching my work lately, it's this sort of pull or draw with these videos that um, that I would you know consider. I think about that. I want I want that pull, and it's not this like attraction repulsion thing. No, that's not what it is. Mm. It's 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 how how do I use humor or could lighting as an entry point into into um, bringing to the surface these these more vulnerable um, situations that, that occur in the body and how do I how do I through my own structure of, of the performance or video or performance for video create these these rupture points that that ooze that vulnerability that you know makes someone stay or you know they can't they can't handle it but mm-hmm. think about it nonetheless <laughs> yeah
0: I guess you said you have some work up right now. Mm-hmm. What what kind of stuff? What pieces are in this show that's going on now?
1: So at the Anthony Green show. Uh, it's a seven hour performance for per video that I did, and so what we're showing, yeah, so what we're showing. It it's called the Posture Grid, and so what we're showing at the gallery is the video. Um, you know, just on a hard drive, Mac, you know, mm-hmm. plates through. And then the grid that's in the video, the object that's in the video, there's a reconstruction of it in the gallery space as an installation. Um, and so that video is, the premise is, and, and last year I had done this, uh, the, the iteration of it was called a line And the premise of this is I found this, so this goes back to like, you know, this thing from whatever my personal life and being like, oh my God, I got to <laughs> do something with this. So I, um, I'm i also a Pilates instructor. I don't know if you came across that in any of my...
0: Um, I saw a piece that kind of references that.
1: Yeah, so it's so I'm Pilates instructor. It's how, how I make my cash. Uh, <laughs> and it also influences like my work greatly. Um, so being a Pilates instructor, I get these catalogs, and I got this catalog um, with this product called Alignabod. Like, no joke, that's the name of the product, Alignabod. <laughs> and it's a grid that you put on a wall and then you photograph someone in front of and I was like and at the at the time I was also reading a lot of like stigma um, stuff with stigma theory and and whatnot and so I looked at this and I was like this looks exactly like these really racist photographs that these anthropologists were doing back in the 1860s Hmm. lo and behold it looks exactly like that and the tagline for selling the product was you can see the deviations but can your client I was like deviations that's a really gnarly word. Like you don't use that word. That's a that is not a good word to use. You know, it suggests all kinds of things. <laughs> so then I started doing this this satire of it. Um not with I, I did buy the product. Um I am completely implicated in this in this problem. <laughs> um and it was important that I implicated myself. And so I used that, so talking about that entry point, right? So I used that and the satire of that to actually explore um personal trauma and and unseen stigma in the body, you know, how, and again, how I have certain things that I walk around with that, of course, Pilates and this kind of practice has, has helped me greatly, but recognizing being a practitioner, I'm part of the problem, but also recognizing that, you know, people are walking around with, with shit in them, and, mm-hmm. and it comes out in your body, and it comes out sometimes when you're doing body work, and there is a, a kind of release or, or something happens, and so I wanted to... Um, explore that and, and so the premise is at the top of every hour I, I try to sell the product so I'm mm. selling the product but in doing so <clears throat> I kind of it, it gets unraveled and I get unraveled and I try to just bring it back together again at the top bring it back together again and also the grid I tear down the grid at one point I like repiece it back together you know I'm making fun of it and myself and so it's very humorous um, but it's also it's difficult it's hard to watch I, I mean I, I do experience, you know, going back to like that, I experienced a lot of emotion while doing it, um, seven hours. I, I look quite different at the end of the seven hours mm-hmm. than I did at the beginning. And, um, so it was
0: continuously so you didn't like take a break? In the, no, in I <laughs> no, no, I did not. No, no.
1: I gave myself, you know, I, I built in like bathroom breaks. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's top of, the, approximately top of the hour, 50, 52 minutes. And mm-hmm. then I have a little break and then top of the hour, 50, 52 minutes. And I just let the camera go. So you see me come and drink some water. You see me, you know, look at the grid and like, you know, walk around and be like, oh, this is so fucking stupid, I can't do this anymore. And then like, you know, keep going and stuff. <coughs> so you also see the, I, I kind of let the meta moments come in and come in and come in and sort of collapse that all with myself doing this. Um, so it, yeah, so that's, that's up right now. It's a beast um, of a piece, but uh, yeah, mm. yeah.
0: I'm just trying to envision, like, what's this grid like made out of? Like, what's the material?
1: <laughs> so it's from a drawing um, that I did. So you know, I, I said I I got the product a line about. So I drew some of the grid from that, and then you know we put it um, when I was uh, printing it out, you know, scanned it, and you know made a thing to print. And so I think it's about four feet wide and however however many feet long to mm-hmm. print. And so it's just this like black and white grid. Uh, stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. just rolls of it, and um, so that's that's it. It's just like it's a it's a heavier weight paper. Mm-hmm. Essentially, that's what it's on because I wanted to be able to rip it and you know put okay. it back together. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so te- I mean, it's a drawing, you know, mm-hmm. as well, which I was really interested in, and sort of further put myself in that problem, I guess. Um, so yeah, so that's that's sort of like I said, that's sort of the, the premise of that of that project.
0: Mm-hmm. I was just kind of wondering, like, what. Did they sell this product or how did they market that product to people? Like if you see a commercial, like a real commercial for it?
1: Yeah. Um the the the, the market strategy is for people like me, Pilates instructors, fitness fitness instructors, apparently NASA is used. Um NASA. So it's 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 sort of marketed to that set where you know you do it in a small home office or um, small studio or something like that. Yeah, you know? okay. Harvard has used these things as well, by the yeah. way. Like this, this is a very. They're
0: everywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I talk about that in the video yeah. a lot. That I was like you can't get rid of them. You know, they're in our architecture. They're you know. So again, this sort of thinking about well, I guess what you're saying, like going back to these societal conditions. So thinking about these overarching. Um, I think are pretty oppressive things, and how we just sort of constantly are working with and against and trying our hardest to just exist within because it's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, neither are we, but you know, um, personally. Um, so, yeah, yeah, the, the grid is everywhere. Yeah. It's everywhere.
0: <laughs> and so, we started talking about uh, your Pilates background uh-huh. there a little bit, and there were a couple pieces I remembered, like on the way here. Um, that use that. There's a headstand one, I believe. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's another one where it looked like it was durational or you set yourself up as a chair for somebody to sit on, I think.
1: Oh yeah. That, okay. So those were both done actually prior. I, I was doing Pilates for a while, but that was done prior to me becoming an instructor. Mm-hmm. Um, the headstand one, the handstand or shoulder stand, shoulder stand mm-hmm. came from, um, you know, whatever my you know personal body practice was and, then I was at the time also interested in these shapes again, this is where I was not speaking, but you know what my body just does as an image or an object and um, so interested in the point of um, tremoring full tremors in the body, mm-hmm. sort of collapsing, so holding it beyond its point of um, of healing or you know what have you, and going to a point where um, the, the body can't it's it's not in control anymore and it mm-hmm. f- collapses so there was that. And then I forget what was recorded So I had something playing while I was doing that. Oh, because if I ever talked during performance, it was always pre. mediated <laughs> So if I did speak, it was always through writing that was projected, that was happening, or it was me speaking, but something I had done prior. and I forget what was what I was talking about. I really do. I forget what I was talking about there, but
0: I might have it written down. Into question the purpose of the performance and the purpose oh, of watching it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was, uh, <laughs> so I was. I pre-recorded this thing about you know why I was. I was basically asking people, you know, why are you still looking at this? Why are you, this is so boring. You really should walk away. And you know, and sort of um, again employing um, sort of these meta moments that that address the you know stupidity of the performance <laughs> itself, even though you know it looks all right. And but let's keep a critical eye sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the chair one was actually... Um, that is actually a piece that a few feminist artists have uh, recreated. It's in relationship to... What's his name? Jones. Um, something Jones. It's, it's a guy who did these sculptures that... Um, the, the, the best example is in Clockwork Orange, The Milk Bar... Mm-hmm. the 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 women the sculptured women yes. those are based off of his sculptures um, Alan Jones Alan Jones and these are highly offensive sculptures I mean it's a <laughs> it's like these life size women as tables or coat racks and just so offensive mm-hmm. so and like I said not not the first I'm a feminist artist to like do this yeah. um, but my friend and I and and this is um, so I have I'm in two art collectives and this was the first art collective I was in RTRI and that was with um, artist Sarah Newberry in, in Miami. And Sarah was the table and I was the chair and someone could just sit down on me and mm-hmm. do what they needed to. Um, and uh, so so we did that. And I think that was like maybe a half hour to hour long piece or something like that, mm-hmm. holding those positions. And again, right, like the difference being when you have something live and it's a body that's live, you know, what begins to break down and happen where, you know, we're not these sculptures, right? Mm-hmm. We're moving, living, living, beings. So um that's that's kind of what that one was about.
0: How long did you hold that setup for? Was that also kind of a durational
1: Yeah, it was durational. Yeah. Most most of the most of my or I guess let's call it endurance. Mm-hmm. So um there's a difference sometimes depending on your action between yeah. What can be durational and, and how long you do that, and then something that maybe is more challenging on the body, it then functions as endurance, right? Mm-hmm. So, until the, the body just cannot hold that, that spot anymore, or, um, and I'd say that with the posture grid, that's a, some combination between <laughs> endurance and, and duration.
0: Yeah.
1: But yeah, I think it was actually until an audience member spilled um, their drink all over us and then we were done. Yeah. We we cleaned up and we were done.
0: Yeah, were they trying to use the table and yeah. it's like spilled. Yes, yes.
1: And it was interesting, you know, people came and and this goes back to that 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 feeling of when you're seeing this live and people came and they immediately were trying to clean it up and mm-hmm. you know because um, they could and there was there was you know, we created this position of this weird sort of position of if you were the person that sat down were you kind of an asshole because you're sitting on someone, mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> Um, that yeah, so I think that was kind of like what ended up and ending the the performance
0: mm-hmm. the artists that originally made those pieces you're talking about were those intended to be offensive or <laughs> yeah like I'm tongue sure. in cheek offensive like
1: Alan Jones, yeah, they were I think they um I mean, I don't know, I feel like they're so my understanding of those pieces are so embedded within the feminist uh. art historical realm that um, (laughs) these things came out and they were highly offensive. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like these shiny, naked women sculptures (laughs) being like these subservient objects in your home. Mm -hmm. and So that definitely had this this big backlash um, in the feminist community. Um, But I think it was also designed to be like hip, you know, hip furniture Mm -hmm. design and hip Sculpture, and you know, obviously having some kind of social commentary with it, but um, but at the end of the day, you know, it sometimes is difficult when you're making a woman table and 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 you're saying, Oh, well, you know, I do have these. This goes back to that, you know, what what's your intent and what how does that intent get read, and you know, things like that. It's a tricky line. <clears throat>
0: I have a another piece of yours noted down here it's got it's a performance where you had a plank of wood with a hole mm-hmm. in it and you moved mm-hmm. yourself into various positions uh, mm-hmm. what, was, what was happening in this one Does it relate to some of the other things we've already talked about
1: so yes and no I had been and that was actually when I was also building these like metal sculptures that I'd also interact with so um it was based on dimensions certain dimensions of my body so that was sort of how I dictated so the holes that, you know the, the um, width of my shoulders um and that was having to do um with relating to material in, a, in an intimate fashion so balancing with that material um trying to you know work with the material in a way that feels like it's a metaphor for you know a relationship or or whatever um and i have done that piece the longest i did that piece was four hours um and that's another one where you just you start getting more creative with how you're engaging Mm -hmm. with the material um with how you're moving around but again that's that's
0: were you just kind of improvising different things to do in front of the audience? I
1: did have a structure. Um, I you know it was like from standing to kneeling to laying to sitting to standing, like to end to stand again mm-hmm. to move out of it. So that was sort of the the premise, and then the idea was to do that with sort of the four planes of the body. So thinking about it, I guess pretty, um, I'd say now I'd, I'd consider that pretty dry, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty, you know, I'm going to do these things, you know, move from this plane to this plane on the floor back up to a standing plane and, and then working with the four planes of, of my body scape, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, what what can feel tenuous or or, you know, moments of where the audience is actually seeing something might be a little bit painful and, you know, how long do I hold that for and what is mm-hmm. motivating my, my next gesture, but ultimately following that guide.
0: Mm. And also, some of the poses I saw, was, it made me feel a little tense because, like, you're kind of balancing or something. If you fall with, like, this piece of wood around, you're like, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're poking the ribs pretty good. <laughs> mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was another one where, again, playing with... How do i direct um how do I direct an experience for the audience that is is both um a bit emotionally charged but one where in which i'm I'm in control of that of that space mm-hmm. so um that that was what that had to do with um and also again it was at the, it was at this time where I was making the link video and I just you know i thought. <laughs> I thought I could really nalm it, and I can't. I'm a woman. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm Jessica Bresky. I can't. Like, I I you know I thought, oh, I can you know I can be real you know Beckett about this and and treat this body as you know a, a prop of some kind or um, and directing it a little bit from you know what I had been reading with feminist theory, but I, I can't you know just like the the Joan sculptures, right? You can't. Um, you can make this thing, but you can't completely erase its symbolic um, nature within mm-hmm. certain cultural contexts and social contexts, and you know, I can't just be this body that is not imbued with tons of um, you know, predetermined material at, mm-hmm. coming at me from, from who's looking at me. Mm-hmm. And now I just sort of use that to my advantage <laughs> and sort of run with that in a way that when I was making those works, I hadn't quite um, explored fully.
0: What were some of the different forms that you used? You said you made some metal and also.
1: Yeah, so um, I don't do it anymore, but I secretly love welding. It's like the sexiest thing ever. <laughs> it's so fucking hot. It's like, you. Uh, and I would I would do stick welding. I wouldn't do arc welding. So you're just like looking at Have you ever welded anything? Yeah. Yeah, you're like, you're looking at it, you know, and you're seeing it. And I just was like. Oh my god, this feels so good. This is so great, and so I um, and I was and I was um, I can't solder to save my life. But for whatever reason, I'm actually like that. So that works for me. Yeah. Um, putting those things together works for me. And so I became I became I became interested in um, in building these structures. Not only how they sort of looked against flesh, um, steel with flesh, um, and that contradiction, but also how Steel is also very valuable and, and, and moves. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: those are sort of the materials. Um, you know, whenever I was an undergrad, I, I painted some. I was pretty good at painting, but like kind of didn't care. Like the paintings I did were like stills from the leg video. So mm-hmm. so realizing you know what to translate, you know what makes sense. And again, that that returns back to that whole thing of um, of course when you're when you're doing live theater stuff, you are making images, but when you are making images for a video you are referencing the frame of a painting and um you're referencing photo you're referencing a, a flat image in a way mm-hmm. and so um again there's something about that that makes more sense for me or as I was seeing with uh, especially my earlier um live work the the wood piece included How's my body sculptural? you know how how does it get seen in a, in a gallery space where you're walking around it entirely than say if I put it in a within the proscenium arch mm-hmm. um, so that um, yeah, so so I've dabbled in in other stuff, um, but the medium I'm currently working in, which I would say performance performance for video seems to work well, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: there's another live piece I had noted down that um, relates to pretty much everything that we've talked about where it seemed a little this one was durational I'd say it wasn't hard but um the headphone piece where you're sitting there uh, yeah. and you had headphones on and nobody knew whether you were listening to anything or not but you just kind of let them see you react to mm-hmm. what may or may not have been on there first mm-hmm. of all was there anything on the headphones mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah there was there was um it was a the, yeah, it was um, a song and ta- and it was like a recorded song and then I was talking to myself about the song and stuff. and yeah, and I went through sort of a gamut of emotion of you know crying and laughing and you know all of this um, while while listening to what it was. And yeah, the audience, again, I guess this goes back to that that trust thing, you know, or or the line between. What we might identify as real or what we might identify as artifice, you know mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah, it also calls like if you're showing a range of emotions, it calls up like are you like actually feeling those things or just like mm-hmm. trying to make project to other people an emotion? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think um there's all these different micro things that happen though with the body and with expression that you know we pick up on pretty quickly mm-hmm. as as viewers and as um, participants in in that kind of space that um, I don't think my I artifice is part of what I do but I don't think it's about the the artifice it's about what's always about what's always about to erupt right underneath that artifice um, and what's always about to just come out mm-hmm. um, and so with that piece yes I I did have people, um, you know, come and talk to me afterward and there were people who were just really curious to know, you know, but it wasn't, that wasn't the point, you Mm -hmm. know, the point was, um, whatever internal headspace I was examining, I was, um, and this goes back to that voyeuristic exhibitionism, whatever internal headspace I was under undergoing, I was leaving it wide open in, in a public way. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And there's one piece I have written down that, uh, is not really like any that we talked about, where you crawled through a plastic tunnel. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the idea behind that? And is is that really like very separate? It seems to me separate from the things we talked about. Was that just kind of experiment that didn't go anywhere?
1: So that was that was another one where uh, <coughs> I right. So all of this stuff that that you're that you're talking about, I was also really interested in, and I still am interested in. Um, <laughs> The, the object of persona so if you've probably noticed all of those images I'm always wearing leotards right I'm always mm. wearing leotards mm-hmm. and the plastic of any pieces that I had done was actually from the shower curtain from the initial performance okay. so it was materialistically referencing that closed closed space um, within another space and um, and also build building up this this visual archive I'd say um, of again how, how do I navigate myself as a female body in these spaces? So, you know, with wearing leotards, you know, my ass is almost hanging out and, you know, it's very, and then there's something kind of like depressing about it because you associate leotards with like dancers and that's not what I'm doing. And yeah. it's, you know, I was too poor and I wanted to be a dancer as a little kid. I was too poor and, you know, finally I was like, I can get leotards now, you know, I'm an adult, but I'm going to wear them all the time. And I was in Florida, so it was a lot easier to wear leotards around, mm-hmm. but, um that piece, the arch of the tunnel was slightly uh, larger than when I laid on the floor. So it, and we kind of like affixed the the tunnel um, into the flooring. So it was about seeing this kind of struggle with the body, which of course references a ton of um, different images, but this struggle where you had to look down at me but I was also commanding your attention the whole time and mm-hmm. so again these relationships between you know this little girl and a leotard you know going through this thing and it's slightly sexualized but like not really because it's it doesn't make any sense it's kind mm-hmm. of gross it's
0: more like a horn or something yeah exactly exactly
1: <laughs> like it's it you know you get to look at me but in this weird context and um so, so that's, that's kind of where that was going um in, in that respect and it was also yeah, it was it was an it was an endurance space. It was it was really long. Um
0: how and, long was the tunnel I don't saw pictures of segments? <sighs> da, 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 da. I
1: think I wanna say now it would be somewhere like from the kitchen, like all the way out to the door and whatnot. Right. Um and they were like in all so these like a good different,
0: fifty sixty. Feet. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was long. Um it was long and it was a beast of a thing. <laughs> Um, I was really happy the day that I just got rid of that thing. Um, (laughs) I was really happy about that.
0: So you kept it around for a while and used it in other performances? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. So, uh, that was also at a time where, where I was in Sarasota, you know, no one was like doing performance art. So that's like the other thing is, you know, I didn't go, I go to museums, I'm graduating museum school now, but like I didn't go to, you know, art school, Mm -hmm. capital A, which liberal arts. And so that being said, you know, no one was doing performance art, So I was doing a lot of these performances again and again. And um, I'm not into that. <laughs> I'm not into that. I've done, like I said, I've done a few performances that are based off of my videos. Um, and I'm into that translation of, of material. But to kind of like, have this like grab bag of performances, you know, you know, I'm not, in, I, don't, I don't like that. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> um, so that's what, and that was interesting. I performed that, the tunnel one once, and this woman, she was really disgusted by it, and she just said, she's like, what? if, if you're so interested in running around on a leotard, you should be dancing. I go, oh, well, I am. I'm part of a contemporary dance company now, actually. So, you know, And then she just sort of shut down. I was like, but this isn't dance. So this is something else. And and I think that's always an interesting thing, is constantly having to navigate or call out this, this medium as what it is not. And it's very rare that someone says, "What is this?" You know, mm. everyone's really interested in what it isn't. Um, so, yeah, I've experienced a lot, a lot of that, and I'm experiencing that now with, with, you know, this video work, um, where you know, we're like, "Well, it's not." I go, "No, it's it's." I call Jessica art. It's Jessica <laughs> art. You know,
0: yeah, it's so okay. It's we don't it's have got to... a little bit of like satire, a little performance, a little mm-hmm. acting. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. kind of a, a mixture. of
1: not really acting it's it's persona it's it's exploded parts of me so (laughs) so the way that I explain right like you have this way that you're here now and you know you're behaving in a certain way and you are a certain way when you go home or when you're at your job or you're driving and and what does it look like to just tease out one of those parts and to just make it a little bit more exaggerated and it's still you and it's not a character and it's not acting but it's how do you just Go down one of those avenues. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing the stuff with the Pilates instructor, the early stuff, it's like how how do I how do I how do I push what already pisses me off about these parts of myself as an instructor, as it relates to like you know Julian Michaels say or you know something like that, and um, so so it's not acting so much as it is pushing oneself to to let go to to be horrible and, and also vulnerable um, mm. in, in again in a way that's hopefully relatable in, in some context mm. hopefully I think so but
0: <laughs> I think so yeah well I'm out of questions for you if you, had okay. any, if you had any other pieces that you wanted to talk about that I wasn't aware of or
1: no I mean no like I said there's a lot of the stuff that you brought up was old old stuff mm. um, and I don't know it's just interesting to think about, you know, I've, I've been interested in the same stuff, you know, however, however many years now, six years or something. But
0: I guess um, aside from the, what you're showing now at the gallery, is there other more recent stuff that you'd like to talk about that I didn't know about or?
1: Well, there was, um, did you end up seeing the piece at the Howard Art Projects?
0: Um, I didn't go there. Oh,
1: okay. Um, yeah, the, so I've been, I had been doing these Pieces, uh, "Applicate Yourself" is another one where um, I put myself. So these earlier pieces where I wasn't talking, I was having two Jessicas in one space via text on a wall or or text that I was text in quotes that I was sort of saying pre recorded. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I started realizing, aha, like video, is that I could do two video for perform- or performances for video simultaneously. So "Applicate Yourself." I'm both an interviewer and an interviewee and I'm asking myself these questions back and forth and back and forth and I did the first one practice with the first one in order to do the second one and it be all in one take and mm-hmm. you start to see that as a viewer so again referencing the, the immediacy of something like performance um, but using video as a way to pinpoint or navigate um, a viewer relationship uh, with my body and with what I'm trying to say. And that was the, it's been these pieces since uh, for the past like couple of years that they have been more, I'd say openly um, politically engaged. So that piece where I'm interviewing myself is, uh, it came from when I was almost going to donate my eggs because uh, I needed some cash and um, i not going to lie. It's why most people donate with their body parts. Um, and uh, and I had and I've also uh, I've also done sex work and I've done performances and and work on that so you know and I'm also a plus instructor, so it's like I use my body to make my money and so I was like oh this is another way to do this mm-hmm. and um but then I started but then I was looking at the language in the application and I was like really perturbed by this and also thought it was like so absurd and, okay. and again I was like this is super. This is eugenics. You know, this is some straight-up eugenics. And so then I was using the application as the text or the baseline to bring up these more personal narratives for myself, similarly to, you know, what's happening in the posture grid. So I see this product, I see this thing, and it's, it's weird. Mm-hmm. And I'm also part of it. I'm, you know, I, I, was, I filled out the application. I almost ended up donating my eggs, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm part of this problem that I'm still addressing. And and how do I use something like performance or video and, and humor to sort of bring that up. So, so I guess like what I'm saying is like I've become funnier and not Mm -hmm. like, so like thinking that things need to be so serious. And I think that's actually been working to my advantage Mm -hmm. to, you know, treat my performing body as something that's silly and and dumb and smart. But, um, but one where, you know, I, I can, I'm just using other parts of my body now to, to explore some of these things. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I just wanted to dip in there to, yeah. to say that. Yeah.
0: Well, sounds good. Thanks for visiting with me. And Thank you. I'll look for your work in the future.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: This episode of Studio Sessions with our guest Jessica Borowski. You can find our work online by searching for her at Vimeo.com. You can also learn more about me at my website, MattColeman.com. If you'd like to support this program, you can send a donation through PayPal to Studio Sessions Podcast at gmail.com. Even if you only send $1, your donation helps guarantee I can continue providing interviews with interesting artists for your listening pleasure. And of course, don't forget to visit BigRedAndShiny.com for future episodes, along with other high-quality arts and culture content. Thank you for listening, and see you next time on Studio Sessions.